You're listening to the ASMR HQ podcast with Wanda and Paula. Welcome to podcast 52. And today we're going to read from the diary of Lady Willoughby. We'll discuss it as we go. Yes, we will. And she was a lady who lived in the... 1600s. 1600s. So this is a diary, which is really um, pretty good to read. I've already read it cover to cover quite a while back. I think you did too, Yes, yes. It's very interesting to read a diary of someone living it during that time. His life was so much different to what Mm, it is today. Now in the beginning here it says, So much of the diary of Lady Willoughby as relates to her domestic history and to the eventful period of the reign of Charles I, the Protectorate and the Restoration. So this, the actual book was written in 1873, but it's about the life of Lady Willoughby who lived in the 1600s. So, can we begin? Okay. Now a lot of this is, we're reading from the original book. Yes, so. Oh, well, we are. Know when this book was actually, oh, it was, it was 1873, wasn't yes. it printed? And, but the, um. When you get to things like S's, they're written as F, which they were back in those days. So S's are written as F, and there's something else, isn't it? That's Um, what's weird, isn't it? There's lots of extra letters, like our has an E. Um, There are a few things, so it is written in Old English, so you'll have to bear with me on this one. So the first word, for instance, rose. A rose is spelled I-A-R-O-F-E. Yeah, so if you see it suddenly say Fs, it probably should be an S. Yes, so So we'll see how we go. Okay, so this is, uh, it starts off some passages from the Diary of Lady Willoughby, 1635. And this was for May 12th, and it was a Tuesday. I think that's a Tuesday. That says Tuesday. So here we go, and please bear with us. Arose at my usual hour, fix of, (laughs) there we are straight away. Six of the clock. Six of the clock. For the first time since the birth of my little son, opened the casement and looked forth upon the park. A herd of deer passed by, leaving the traces of their footsteps in the dewy grass. The birds sang and the air was sweet with the scent of the woodbind and the fresh birch leaves. Took down my Bible, found the mark at a 103rd Psalm, read the same, and returned thanks to Almighty God that he had brought me safely through my late peril and extremity, and in his great bounty had given me a dear little one. Prayed him to assist me by his divine grace in the right performance of my new and sacred duties. Truly, I am a young mother and need help. Sent a message to my Lord. That's not to the God, that's to her husband actually, isn't it? Yes. She calls him my Lord. That if it so pleased him, I would take breakfast with him in the blue parlour. At noon, walked out on the south terrace. The two greyhounds came leaping towards me. Diverse household affairs in the course of the day, enough wearied when night came. Okay, so what's the next date there? May nineteenth, mm. Tuesday. Is it the same day? No, it's a week later. Oh, a week later. Okay. Had a disturbed night and rose late, not down till after seven. Thoughts wandering at prayers. The chaplain detained us after the service to know our pleasure concerning the christening. My lord doth. 
which nothing omitted, and that should seem proper to signify his respect to the religious ordinance which admits his child into the outward and visible church of Christ, and give honour to his first-born son. During breakfast we gave the subject much consideration. My husband doth not desire him to be named after himself, but rather after his father, his brother William. Therefore, bearing his name will stand Godfather. All being at last brought to a satisfactory conclusion, he went forth with the chaplain and gave his orders according therewith. I doing the same with my smaller capacity, he for whom was all this care lying unconsciously in his nurse's arms. Messenger from Wimbledon, my dear and honoured mother writes that she doth at present intend setting forth on Monday, gave orders for the east chamber to be prepared, the day being fine, walked down to the dairy, told Sicily to make cheese as often as will fruit, suit, a suit, <laughs> of course, and whey being much approved by my mother. The brindled cow calved yesterday. Calved to be reared, as Cicely tells me, the mother is the best, the best milker we have. Dairy grows, daisy, daisy grows. They call, and, it, no, no, they call the cow daisy. daisy. I find it amazing that she's a lady of high class, but she's down there. She knows the cows. She knows yes. what she's to make. You know, all this sort of stuff. You always just assume that they are in the main building, but they obviously, mm. you know, really... Had to know the running of the household. The running of the household. Mm. Daisy grows and promises to be a fine cow. Pray Cicely for the clean and orderly state of all under her care. She is a good, clever lass. As I returned to the house, met my lord, who had come to fetch... Seek me. Seek me. That's what it says on this. I'm using it because I'm able to correct Wanda here. I'm actually using the um, archive.org. You can actually get this book on archive.org because it's a public domain book. Wanda's using using the original book. But the archive.org one is not necessarily right either because it had to to, um, copy it. Mm. It may not. But at least between the two of us we can get get this right. Okay, keep going. Um... As I returned to the house, met my lord, who had come to seek me, two strangers with him. Thought as he drew near, how comely was his countenance. He advanced a pace or two before the others, took my hand, and pressed it to his lips as he turned and introduced me to Sir Arthur Hazelrig and the Lord Brooke. Methought the latter very pleasing, of graceful carriage, and free from any courtly foppery and extravagance to his apparel. They presently renewed their conversation respecting New England. Lord Brooke and Lord... Say. Say and... Sell. Sell. Have sent over Mr George Fenwick to purchase land and commence building. There is talk of Mr John Hampton joining them. Lord Brooke caused at length on the admirable qualities and excellent attainments of the late lord, his cousin, who did come by a cruel death, being murdered by his servant through a jealousy he entertained, 
that his past services were neglected. Some members of my lord's family knew him well and did see much of him when Sir Falk Greville. He was greatly esteemed by many, but known chiefly as the friend and lover of Sir Philip Sidney, whose early death was mourned by all England, and whose like may not again be looked upon. He left directions their friendship should be recorded on his tomb, as may be seen in the Warwick Church. Fort Greville, servant to Queen Elizabeth, counsellor to King James, and friend to Sir Philip Sidney. May 25th, Monday. Most unhappy in mind this day, temper sorely tried, and feelings of resentment at what did appear unkind conduct in another were too visibly expressed in manner and countenance, though I did refrain from words. May 26th, Tuesday. Slept last night in very... Weariness weariness of weeping, and awakened this morning with a feeling of hopelessness and ill at ease myself. Methought everything around seemed melancholy. Truth and affection doubted shortcomings, hardly judged of. You'll have to excuse that. Yeah. I probably... yeah, no, that's, that's what I've got here. Too. Right. Shortcomings hardly judged of. This is an unlooked-for trial. Do you think she's just suffering from depression? From depression. That's mm. um, the word. I don't know if it existed then or not. Anyway. Uh, the sun shone brightly through the open window, but it seemed not to shine for me. I took my Bible to read therein my usual portion, and kneeled down to pray but could only weep. Thoughts of my mother's tender love arose, and the true trust. trust on either side that had been unbroken between us. Remembering an outward composure must be attained unto, before I could go down to breakfast, wash my eyes, and let the fresh air blow upon my face. Felt I was a poor dissembler, having had theretofore but little trouble to heart to conceal. Met my husband in the corridor with Lord Brooke, and well nigh lost my self-command when he gave me a kindly pressure of my hand as he led me down the stairs. This evening how different does all appear, and though this and some other late experiences occasion me to perceive that life is not so calm in the sea as it once did seem in my ignorance of human nature, flight, slight breezes may ruffle, slight breezes may ruffle it, and unseen rocks may give a shock to the little ship. Happily, the mariner will learn to flee, steer. to steer, goodness <laughs> me, <laughs> to steer his course, and not fear shipwreck, fear from, shipwreck from every accident. Okay. Is this heavy going? Yes. <laughs> okay, next. Okay, uh, June the 4th, Thursday. My dear mother arrived at noon. She was fatigued and retired to her chamber. First coming with me to the nursery to see her grandson. He was awake and smiling. She took him in her arms and looked fondly on him. It was a sweet child, my daughter. May the Lord have you both in his safe keeping now and for evermore. 
My mother's blessing from her own lips, how precious. She much commends my nursing him, and would not, for my own sake, I should lose, lose so great satisfaction. satisfaction. I attended her to her room, where Mabel was in waiting. Dear kind old Mabel, I was well pleased to see her, and kissed her as I was wont when a girl. And so did spoil a most respectful curtsy. curtsy to my ladyship. Dear mother looked around the room, pleased therewith, and with such small comforts as I had been had been able to provide, which she hath at home. This day hath been one of much happiness, returned heartfelt. Thanks to God for his loving kindness and tender mercy. Read the 23rd Psalm. My cup doth indeed runneth over. The house full of company since the christening, and I have felt too weary at night to do more than collect my thoughts for devotion. Today many have left, and my husband doth purpose to begin his journey tomorrow. My mother with me, he leaveth home, with more ease of mind. My dear Lord set forth at a little past six, with only one serving man, who had a lead horse and one to carry the baggage. This is now June twenty June nineteenth. After they rode from after they rode some way, they stopped and my lord dismounted, and taking a short cut through the park, came up to the window where I had remained to watch his departure. He bade me call the steward, gave him some directions, then telling me to keep up a good heart took another tender leave and followed by Armstrong returned to the spot where were the horses and he mounting the lead horse they were soon out of sight. Old Britain seemed to understand he was not to follow his master and came and reared himself up to the window resting, resting his forepaws on the stone. Obviously, that's their dog, you'd think. Obviously, I would I think. I thought it was a horse. I thought it was a horse, too. <laughs> but yes, I patted his broad head and questioned not that he felt as I did, that his best friend was gone. Took a few turns with him on the terrace. The mist cleared off the distant woods and fields, and I plainly discerned the towers of Framlington, Framlingham Castle and could hear the pleasant sound of the scythe cutting through the thick grass in the fields nearest, and the cuckoo as he fled slowly from hedge to hedge. June 27th, Saturday. Have been greatly fatigued by the past day or two. It is a ferocious charge to be left head over so large a household, but it availeth not to be over careful. John Armstrong knoweth his Lord's pleasure in most things, and is honest and faithful, and the chaplain will keep some oversight, and his counsel in difficulties, should such arise, may be depended upon, though he has not John's experience in the family and its requirements. My room last night looked lonely, and baby sleeping somewhat uneasily. I sent for the nurse, who stayed till we were comfortably asleep. I think to have a truckle bed made up for her. 
The room is spacious. Read tonight in St John, chapter 5 and the 93rd Psalm. July 5, Sunday. Fear at times that my mind is too much busied with the cares of this world. Find I shorten the time which I have appointed to retirement and self-examination. Yet is the latter exercise much needed. Outwardly I may appear thriving to perform my striving, striving to perform my daily duties well and circumspectly, but others know not the secret faults of the heart, the indolence, the imperfect soul, soulless. soulless performances of religious duties, the obtruding of selfish motives into what may seem acts of kindness or charity. Often doth the verse of the 51st Psalm come to my remembrance. Against thee, the only have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight. And now that I am a mother, it behoveth me still more to maintain the works of inward self-discipline. Even at my little child's tender age, he is sensibly affected by the feelings apparent in the faces of those around him. Yesterday it happened as I nursed him, that being vexed by some trifling matters that were not done as I had desired, the disturbed expression of my countenance so distressed him that he uttered a complaining cry. Made happy by a smile and the more serene aspect that affection called forth, he nestled his little face again in my bosom and did not, and did soon fall asleep. It doth seem me a trifling thing to note, but it teacheth the necessity of watchfulness. Watchfulness, I'm on. I had to turn the page. And if this duty is especially called for in our conduct towards the young, or indeed towards all, is it not more so when we consider there is one who seeth the heart and whose eye will not behold iniquity? July the 7th. Quiet day, fitting the greater part thereof at my sitting the greater part thereof at my embroidery, my mother beside me knitting. We had much pleasant converse. Then she encouraged me to persevere in the diligent performances of daily duties, whatsoever they may be. A good wife, she said, should make it her chief desire to keep a well ordered family. My want of experience, she kindly added, makes some things irksome and perplexing, which will cease to be the case after a while, when less time will suffice for their performance and more opportunity afforded for rest of body and the mind. rest of the body and mind. She bade me not be cast down or be discouraged from by some mischance mischances and so comforted me. In the evening we paced for some time up and down the terrace. The moon arose above the old oak tree. My mother seemed greatly to enjoy the scene. I repeated aloud the 19th and part of the 92nd Psalms and we entered the house. She looked chill and I hastened to warm her some spiced wine which I took with a manchet of bread for her supper. As I gave baby his last meal for the night, my heart was lifted up in gratitude for the mercy extended to me. He looked beautiful, 
and put his soft hand to my face caressingly, his eyes full of contentment and affection, looking into mine. May it ever be present with me that this small delicate frame is the earthly tabernacle of a soul to be trained for immortality. July the 15th. Buffy in the storeroom. Busy. 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 Um, <laughs> I'm thinking of Buffy the little vampire slayer. Okay. Busy in the storeroom this afternoon. Put the dried rose leaves in paper bags. Alice was picking the rosemary and I sat down to help her. She says the underhousemaid complains of ill treatment, particulars not worth writing of. Her pretty face gains too much of the goodwill of the men and the ill will of women. That doesn't sound good, does it? No, it sounds like Kids. the women are jealous of her. She, the men are after her and the women yes, are jealous the women of are. her. Yes. <laughs> Mentioned the matter to the chaplain who said... Who saith. saith he will add a few words of suitable exhortation at the conclusion of the evening service. Bade Alice take heed there shall be a good store of chamomile flowers and poppy heads and of mint water. Our poor neighbours looked to us for such. Gave her my mother's recipe for hungry water, water and the conserve of hips. John took the yarn to the weavers and brought back flax, spices and sugar. The stage wagon had not arrived when he left. Uh, hold on. The yes, stage sir. wagon had not arrived when he left Ipswich and there was no package from London. My lord was to send hangings for the large drawing room, but it matters not. Typical, he forgot. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Okay, so we might um, leave it there yeah, and so. uh, we'll come back and read bits and pieces from this as we go along. And who knows, we might actually get to read it without <laughs> the yes. misunderstandings. It's very difficult to read. But it's fun to read. Yeah, it's a and it's, it's, it's just really good to read from that, that century yeah. and just realise how very different our lives are these days. So I hope you've enjoyed that. Yep. And uh, we'll read some more chapters and some on oncoming upcoming um, podcasts. Okay, so, so bye for now. Yes, we'll catch you again. Bye.